What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. You think we've gotten too radical with our message? Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, Oh, man, that's not nice. We're the friendly Friday here on BNE. It's a football Friday. Somebody tweeted me and said, E, I dated a gal in law school who my friends named Bag of Nickels because the frame was outstanding, but the face looked like she got smashed by Come a bag on. of nickels. <laughs> that is so unkind. We're talking about bags of dimes. Bags of dimes? Dime bags. No, not dime bags. Bags of dimes. That's, that's, of that's dime. one of the worst nicknames you could I've, I've ever heard for a girl. <laughs> Bag of nickels. Wow. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think that's, it, that's mean. I like to. We're going hear to sensitivity training. Well, that's like the the the. What is it? Butterface? Is that what I yeah. used to hear all the time? Yeah. That's so mean. You guys quit being so mean. Judgmental. I had to be mean to Angel because she's not the best. Pete Maravich, Joe what was, Burrow. What was the great scene in Ted I'm gonna Lasso? Put, I'm going to put her down there with, what was the running back that went to Tampa? One of the, Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I'll put her with Leonard Fournette. How's that? How's Never that feel? really has been great, so he's Leonard Threnet. <laughs> um, oh, bad ankles, Leonard. Well, yeah, Pete Maravich, uh, probably the best basketball player. Did, did he really, does he believe that, that she is? Is she? Angel no, Reese? she no. is not. I mean, she averaged. Did she score sixty in a game or she, something. She averaged twenty three points a game this year. Okay, I was thinking she averaged. Shaq, I mean, Shaq 40. was better than her, obviously, and he's the one saying it. I always so. wonder if you go back to those uh, early nineties teams at LSU, they had Shaquille O'Neal, Stanley Roberts, a fellow seven footer, and then Chris Jackson. How did Dale Brown not win the championship? What the hell? Big Baby Davis is another. Yeah, LSU that's great. Right. Tyrus Thomas. I think with basketball, it's Pete Maravich followed by Chris Jackson. I think most LSU fans would agree with that. And then in what about football, Shaq? he was a Is good he, college player. I, feel, I mean, I didn't watch him, but I did. He's Shaq's my age. Uh, just little, we're right around similar age. He was he was a good player. He's dominant. Didn't win a championship though. That's true. She's got him there. She's got the ring. Remember, she pointed at that at Caitlin Clark. Right. She, got, she that got, that ring. Ring. got that ring. She's going to the White House. Shaq didn't do that until he got to, to the NBA. And um, Shaq was just so dominant. But, yeah, Dale Brown, the coach, how did you not win? I'll put her with Odell Beckham Jr. How's that? Uh, Joe Burrow, by the way. Joe Burrow is the answer. Joe Burrow, if, if, it's like Vince Young. If, they, if, he, if he leads you to the natty or she, right. it takes it to a different it's true. level. I mean, it's just like, come on. Um, but so yeah, Angel. But individually, that. you have to do some things yourself too. You got to like score sixty in a game, not. Well, this becomes 20. undoubted. This is now the the gospel though at LSU. Kim Mulkey's the best coach they've ever had. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> uh, She's the best coach Baylor ever had too. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Hold on. Yeah. That includes men or women. Yeah. How how about that? What about Scott Drew? Sorry, Scott. You're the second best Who basketball coach. Who was the forever baseball coach at LSU? Skip Bertman. Skip Bertman. He was a pretty dang good coach. But, uh, you know, base, because for a long time, base, LSU was the premier baseball program, along with Texas. Oh, somebody said Honey Badger. They're number one right now. They are. They're real good. And, uh, no, that's a good, good ball club. Good ball club. Uh, but, yes, LSU, it's Joe Burrow. And now, I mean, Joe Burrow. Do we remember the season he had? That was unbelievable. Um, but yes, he did. He was throwing to Justin Jefferson and uh, Jamar Chase, and that was a pretty good. Pretty good team built by but Ed Orgeron. Back, Ed Orgeron, who's no longer there. Let's get to the uh, headlines, trending topics. We're going to talk some football with Mike Craven coming up from Dave Campbell's Texas Football. He'll give his thoughts on the spring game for the Longhorns and what he's looking for. Also, uh, some observations from his trips to Fort Worth to check in on Sonny Dykes' program during spring. Dave Aranda's program in Waco, Dana Holgerson. By the way, how hot is the seat for Dana down in Houston? Because Tillman Fertitta is the, the big money booster there. And he they're, he's friends with Dana Holgerson. That's one of the reasons Dana Holgerson left the uh, West Virginia Mountaineers to come to Houston when they weren't even in the Power Five. Now they're joining the Power Five. 
And Clayton Toon, their quarterback's leaving. They've got a lot of guys to replace. Wide receivers, you're right. They got the dude from Tech that beat Texas, though, coming in. What's his name, the quarterback? Uh, the big tall kid. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, we'll ask Mike Craven about that. Because often they, hurt kid. Well, I mean, Any look. quarterback coming from Tech well, and here's the thing: hurt quarterback. If you have a deep-pocketed billionaire benefactor like Houston does, and Dana Holgerson has a ceiling as a coach, well, now you're in the Big 12, and you play in the city of Houston. You should be able to go out and – I don't say they hire any coach, but you should have some some suitors who would want that job. Now, now that they're joined the Power Five and the Big 12 is going to be a big part of that, and that would be a coveted position, I would have to think. I mean, look what Sonny Dykes just did in the first year at TCU, getting into a big market like that and you know hitting the transfer portal and uh, you know they play for a national championship. Uh, we'll see. We'll ask uh, Mike those questions coming up because football season never ends here on B&E. Let's get to the headlines, trending topics, because there's concern for the uh, roster of the Texas Longhorn basketball team. Top Gun Equipment Rentals bring you the news. And how about we start with Texas Hoops? The wave of 2023 roster attrition continued yesterday for the Longhorns and Rodney Terry. Official word that the high school signee A.J. Johnson is decommitted and instead going to sign a professional contract to play for the Illawarra Hawks of the Australian National Basketball League. 6'5 guard from L.A. One of two, was one of two Texas signees in the 2023 class, along with the Duncanville forward Ron Holland. He is still committed, but as it stands now, Rodney Terry and the Horns do not have a scholarship guard that they are certain will be back on the team next year. With the graduations of Marcus Carr and Serge Jabari Rice, Tyrese Hunter declared for the NBA draft, and Rowan Brumbaugh and Arturio Morris have both entered the transfer portal. Texas football, Steve Sarkeesian's Longhorns wrapped up their 14th and final spring practice yesterday morning. They are now set to take the field at DKR tomorrow for the program's annual Orange-White game. It's presented by Texas One Fund. Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian uh, believes it'll be a competitive game with a scoreboard, uh, likes where this team is with the depth, likes how they look, and he also likes the connection to this team. I think this is a very tight-knit building that we're in. Uh, we're one uh, that uh, is upbeat, is positive, but is relationship-based. And I, I don't think that anybody in our organization ever feels uncomfortable coming to talk to me about whatever it is. And that's always what I'd hoped I could I could, I could develop here and, and instill here. And that, that, to me, as a coach, that's the beauty of it. Because when you're connected that way on a personal level – Man, that, that's a sure a heck of a lot easier to go take the field and want to and want to compete with one another and fight for one another uh, for a common goal of, of winning a championship. Parking lots open at seven tomorrow morning. Bevo Boulevard and Longhorn City limits open at nine. There is a team autograph signing at that time as well. Our pregame coverage for the Orange White scrimmage goes live at eleven a.m. Game kicks at one. Major League Baseball, credible start for the 2023 Tampa Rays continued yesterday. They beat the Red Sox 9-3. It's 13 in a row now. They can break the all-time mark with a win tonight at Toronto. Rangers and Astros both off. Round Rock beat Tacoma 2-1. Washington Commanders owner Dan and Tanya Snyder, Tanya Snyder, I should say, have reached a preliminary non-exclusive agreement to sell the franchise to a group led by Josh Harris. Magic Johnson also a part of that group. A staggering price tag of $6.05 billion. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a fool this month. Come to Top Gun for great deals on steel lawn equipment and Toro, Hustler, and Gravely mowers to kick off spring. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. $6 billion. 6.05. And he bought the team for 800 Gs. 800,000. Under a million dollars to sell it for $6 billion. You math majors out there can do better than me on what the, what the, price, what the markup on that is. Man. What's the rate of return on that bad boy? And he bought it in 1999, so it's only 24 years ago that he bought the team for 800000 I mean, it's online with, with Jerry Jones, right? Jerry Jones bought the Cowboys for pennies. $800 million, right? No, it was like $250 million in the late million 80s. Bucks? Yes. And now it's the most – I mean, if the, Reds, if the Commanders would go for, for $8 billion or $6 billion, what would the Cowboys go for? Not that Jerry's in any rush to, to sell the team. Well, maybe his new daughter, maybe. <laughs> She's <laughs> – the, the Maury Povich daughter? Yeah, if she doesn't get that gig. Hey, let's go to the Vaqueros hotline, talk some college football with a good friend. He's also my co-host on the Eyes on Texas multicast we record each week, but he is the senior writer at Dave Campbell's Texas Football, formerly with the Austin American Statesman and Rivals. He's our great friend, Mike Craven. Mike, how are you, bud? I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, what's, what's, what's jet-lagged but for car driving? That's what I am right now. <sighs> Yeah, you've been putting some miles on the Ford Focus, huh? Just all over Texas, uh, doing the tour, writing your columns for the uh, magazine. And uh, you've gotten to see behind the scenes a little bit. You know, Texas is having their spring practice. Steve, Steve Sarkeesian very confident 
and his team and his depth and where they're headed. What did you learn when you were at Houston about Dana Holgerson? Bucky and I were talking about that before the headlines that uh, you and I talked about it on the Eyes on Texas pod, that um, if things don't go great here for them in year one in the Big 12, and they've got a lot of players to replace, including their quarterback, that uh, you know, the seat might get a little warm on Dana Holgerson down there at, at the U of H. Yeah, I mean, you look at Houston's schedule, and there's only three out of the 12 games that you can definitively go, oh, well, that's a win for sure. And so, you know, there's nine games, three of them that they probably don't have much of a chance on. So those six games in the middle are coin flip games that are going to decide the future of Houston football. You know, Dana Holgerson was hired by Houston and Tillman Fertitta to get Houston ready for this moment, to be ready to join the Big 12. He's going into his fifth season. Uh, he's had one really good one, one pretty good one, and then two pretty bad ones. And so uh, I, I think his seat's a little bit warm. They were starting to kind of talk a little bit uh, in that in that market last year about, you know, kind of what the future is under Holgerson. And it, it feels like a big year. And then when you're there, you know, they still have a lot to do in this second transfer portal window. I mean, they have five spots open just for offensive linemen. And, you know, so they're kind of where Sark was when he first got there, where, like, they didn't have enough offensive linemen to really do a true spring game. That's fine in your first spring it's probably not great in your fourth. And so that, that's kind of where Houston is right now. Um, by the way, people are texting me. The, the, the Washington football team sold for $800 million. Did I say 800000 Yeah, you 800 said 800, million. 800 million. That's what I my thought fault. you meant. My fault. Uh, under a billion, now $6 billion. That is my, my misspeaking. That's still pretty good. Still, that's pretty, still pretty good, good rate of return yes. for Dan Snyder. Yes. Uh, so interesting with Houston, and they got a ton to replace. Speaking of replacing players, we'll get to the long ones here coming up, Mike, but TCU, and you and I were talking about it on, on Monday night, they replace – the best player at every position on their football team? I mean, literally every single position on their football team, they lose their best player. Now, quarterback could be a toss-up because we got to remember, now Chandler Morris won this job going into last year. He got hurt in the first half against Colorado. That allowed Max Duggan to get back on the field, and then the rest is history. So are they still pretty good about uh, the quarterback position and what Chandler Morris can be there? Uh, I know defensive coordinators around the state you know, feel like he's going to be a pretty good player if he can stay healthy. It's just figuring everything else out. You know, they, they do have talent. TCU's recruited, you know, as good as anybody in the Big 12 other than Texas and Oklahoma. Um, so they're going to be talented. They're going to have the guys to do it. They're just unproven. They're inexperienced, and, and some of them are transfers coming in from new spots like a JoJo Earl, you know, Tommy Brockemeyer, guys like that. So um, they're going to have to figure things out on the fly. I don't know if they know exactly what football team they are right now just because there are so many new faces. But from talking to Sonny Dykes, the thing that he needs uh, it's for leaders to step up. I think that's one of the things we don't talk about enough. That we always talk about replacing the talent and is this guy as good as that guy. Uh, but college football, you know, comes down to leadership within the locker room and which teams are closer and what you know which teams are playing uh, together the hardest for the longest. And so he's going to have to replace a lot of those guys and, and find some guys within that locker room that can step up and, and kind of lead this team. Now, would you would you say, Mike, that there are a lot of, there is a lot of belief about Sonny Dykes himself? as a leader with that with that football team and with the kids that are even just coming back? I mean, they believe in their head coach. I mean, you don't get to where yeah, they got to last year if, if they don't believe in that guy and his system and what he's about. Yeah, I believe so. And, I, you know, I think the one thing with Sonny Dykes is we, we kind of use those Cal years as like the defining factors of who mm-hmm. Sonny Dykes is. I, I think we've had enough time to look at Cal now and go, oh, well, that place just sucks. You know, like that's just uh, – <laughs> You know, like they don't care about football. They don't. They no. can't even build their own stadium. Like they're going to take UCLA Big Ten money to to finish paying for their stadium. And so, you know, I don't know what that. If we take that off his resume, you know, he won a conference championship at Louisiana Tech, and then he had the best four year run in SMU since the death penalty. And so, he's a heck of a football coach. He's not a raw raw guy. Uh, he may not be as like splash higher as, as some of the other dudes, uh, but he's a really good football coach. He knows how to you know, put people around him. Uh, and so, for me, it's just going to be interesting what they do offensively after they lose Garrett Riley. Now, he's one of the best offensive coordinators in the nation. Uh, and so, like, what is Kendall Bryle in that offense going to look like? Uh, but, yeah, I don't think there's many questions about Sonny. They, they love him there. Yeah, I mean, again, at every position, quarterback, offensive line, Steve Avila is off to the NFL and probably a first-round pick, maybe top 40, Quentin Johnston, uh, Kendra Miller at running back. I mean, really the whole receiver core moves on. They were all veteran players, uh, you know, the kid at middle linebacker was really good. Tomlinson at corner. Wow. I mean, it's uh, it, and you'll see those guys. When we get to the draft in two weeks. You're going to see a lot of purple guys uh, drafted uh, by the NFL teams as well. Hey, Craven, the um, me, uh, go, go, go ahead, Mike. They, they remind me of uh, uh, Baylor going into last year. Yeah, we'll you pick- know where 
where, where it's like, yeah, Baylor still has a lot of good pieces, and we all kind of predicted them to still be pretty good, but then they go six and seven, and you're like, well, I should have known that because how do you replace Jalen Petrie, Terrell Bernard, J.C. Woods, and be just as good? TCU feels that same way, where they're going to take a step back. It's just a matter of how big of a step back do they take. Uh, you mentioned Baylor. I mean, it's been three years of Dave Aranda, two bad ones and one great one when they won the Big 12 and won the Sugar Bowl. What did you learn in Waco about what uh, what Dave Aranda's doing in year four? You know, talking to Dave Aranda in a one-on-one interview is the most interesting thing I get to do every single year uh, because he's just such a philosopher. He's so different uh, than every other coach. Like, we were talking yesterday, and he got into uh, to a rant about how, like, you got to build bridges between like truth and love, you know, and sometimes he's too far on the love side uh, needs to get more on the truth side and be a little bit tougher on, on his football players. And so, you know, for me, it, it sounded like a team who uh, maybe lost their identity a little bit last year. Uh, they didn't take in a lot of transfers because Aranda wanted to keep it pretty organic and go with the guys he had on his team and trust those guys. And, you know, talking to him yesterday, he feels like that was a mistake that he should have taken more transfers going into 2022 to help that roster. And so, you know, they kind of went the other way with it and brought in about 10 guys that are going to help that roster that are already you know, kind of pushing the other people on the team. And so they feel closer to 2021 than they were to 2022. I just don't know if they have those kind of dudes on the roster that they had when they won the Big 12. Like, I don't know if there's a Terrell Bernard or a Jalen Petrie or an Abram Smith at running back. They're going to have to figure out the stars. Uh, but – I do think that they're in a better position than they were going into last year. Michael, did you get a chance to go down to College Station at all and, and see any of what they're doing there outside of the Big 12? Or you just stayed basically Big 12? I will be there on Tuesday, but I was at the first uh, spring practice where Jimbo kind of had that weird press conference. Oh. So I've been up there once. I go up there Tuesday to kind of do all the magazines. Oh, stuff. I'm sorry for you. I feel well, bad that'll for That'll be interesting because it was a very awkward and weird first practice and press conference. Uh, we'll see where it is at the end. We'll check back in with Mike on that front. But, uh, yeah, a lot of interesting observations from Houston, Baylor, and TCU. All three will be on the Longhorn schedule. Uh, before we get to the Longhorns, Mike, uh, is Blake Shapin still the, the, the scheduled starting quarterback for Baylor, or there'll be a competition there? Uh, he was taking all the first-team snaps yesterday. I, I think he's the starter unless something weird comes happens and Sawyer's there to kind of push him, and, and I bet it's a shorter leash. You know, that was one of the things that Baylor did last year as well is, like, you know, I think Aranda did the right thing by announcing Shapin as the starter and allowing Gary Bohannon to get into the transfer portal and go find uh, a place to play. Like, that's the admirable thing to do. The downside of that, and the reason coaches don't do it as much, is because that competition needs to be there. Like you don't need to let people get that comfortable. And so I think Sawyer being there is gonna kind of push Blake and he knows he can't play poorly and keep his job. He's gonna have to play well. There's a guy there that's gonna have to that's gonna take his job. The problem with Sawyer is Baylor, they're gonna run under center a decent amount, right? Like they run that wide zone, they get under center. Sawyer's the air raid guy from Lubbock who went to Mississippi State. He's never taken a snap under center until he got to Baylor. Um, so, you know, there's, there's little things like that that when you transfer into a new system that you got to work on that from the outside I just would have never thought about. But when I was talking to him yesterday, they are like, yeah, he's got to learn how to take snap under center before he can really push to be the starting quarterback. Michael, how are they offensive line-wise? Because they've got a nice young freshman running back from last year that played pretty well. Yeah, they're losing. I mean, they lost four out of their five starters, and then I think the other one transferred. So it's going to be a, a pretty new offensive line. They brought in a couple guys from BYU that Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateus mm-hmm. had recruited BYU. So some familiar faces there, but it, it's going to be a big turnover. They look the part. I mean, they're a big team. They, they look really good up front. Uh, those guys just aren't experienced. They haven't played at Baylor, and so they just don't know exactly what that unit's going to look like. Uh, but – you know, Jeff Grimes is an offensive line guy. Eric Mateo is one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. I would imagine that ends up being one of the strengths of the team. Yeah, that's uh, the outside zone run game that they run there. But, uh, yeah, so Blake Shapin, the quarterback at Baylor. You'll have Donovan Smith, the tech transfer at Houston with Dana Holgerson and Chandler Morris in uh, in control there of that new-look TCU team. The Longhorns will have Quinn Ewers with Arch Manning and Malik Murphy behind it. What, uh, what are you going to be watching tomorrow at the Texas spring game? Uh, and let me ask you this specifically. What do you look for when you go to watch a spring game and know you've got to write stories beyond that? Yeah, spring games are always tough for me. I, I you know, I, I don't know where like how Bucky feels about it either. We talked about it on the eyes on Texas thing. It's like it's just a glorified practice that these coaches can't stand for the most part. And you know, if the offense looks good, does that mean the defense is bad? I don't know. If the, if the offense looks bad, does that mean the defense is great or the offense stinks? I don't know. You know, and so uh, you know, I try not to take too much from it or draw too many conclusions. Uh, but what you'd like to see is energy, uh, excitement. 
you know, guys making some plays. You look for the young guys, like who's standing out, who just got there in the spring, who already looks the part, who's already getting into the first or second team. You know, it's maybe some redshirt freshmen that didn't play last year. You know, what are they looking like? So I guess I kind of look at it from the underclassmen standpoint and then just to see what the energy is on the football team. But for Texas specifically, I think you're just looking for Quinn Ewers to look like he's in control of the offense in the way that he wasn't last year, that maybe he's going through progressions, you know, finding his third receiver at times, making the right play, looking like a leader, you know, just stuff like that, uh, I think, is what I'll be looking for on Saturday or tomorrow. I, I forgot what day it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking for him to control not only the offense, but be over talking to guys on defense. Yeah, that leadership deal, you know, when you talk about leadership, that's that's what I'd like to see from him. I I know there's still going to be some mistakes. He's going to make some errors here or there, but his leadership will be important and, and how he handles things when things aren't going. You know, when something happens bad, is, I mean, is he going to give you that hangdog look? Is he going to go over to the defense if they give up something and talk to them? Are, are guys going to respect him all over the field, not just on the offensive side, but special teams, everything else? What kind of leader is he at, on his football team? And that means as a team, how does he lead the guys even on defense? Because your quarterback's got to lead not only your offense, but they lead you generally on defense, too. People respect you on defense. And you would hope that being here for a full year now, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's able to do that. You know, I do think sometimes when you transfer in, and especially when you're under underclassmen and you transfer in, we got to remember he was basically a true freshman last year age-wise. And so I think that can be tough. Right? Like, you know, you got to find your way in the locker room. There's already established leaders. There's guys that are older than you. You don't want to step on any toes. But, you know, Ben Out, he's been there for a year, and he needs to take control of that job, you know, not just on the field like you were talking about, but off the field. Be the leader. Be the guy that is in all the huddles, that's walking around, talking to guys, picking guys up after they make a bad play, you know, dapping them up after they make a good play. You right. know, like I think a lot, of, a lot of times last year, and sometimes this is just on TV and what they show us and what they don't show us, but you know, a lot of times last year it just looked like Quinn was off by himself, kind of doing his own thing on the sidelines and, and after plays and – You'd like him to be a little bit more engaged than that. You know, I, 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 I do remember Colt McCord being that guy who not only talked to the offensive guys, but Colt spent a lot of time with the defensive guys. He had the respect of all of his teammates, not just offensively, the wide receivers. Everybody just wanted to hug up on him and, and say great plays. But Colt McCord would spend time with the defensive guys too. I mean, that's those are things I, I, I noticed about certain kind of quarterbacks. Doug Flutie was the same way. Sam Ellinger. Dude, yeah, Sam used to be in the defensive huddle. What the hell are you doing over there with the defense? Well, I got to pump these guys up too. They got to give me the ball back. I mean, you just got to notice some of those things. I like to see it in this young guy next, this year, and this, as a matter of fact, tomorrow. And I, I think the thing that Colt and Sam had was, you know, you know, they're hard workers. Like they're there every day. You know, like they're they're picking up guys at six a.m. to go get some individual sure. work in. They're living in the they're living in in the in the uh, video room. They're in the coach's office, like. They're in the meetings and stuff like that. What is Quinn doing that? I, I don't know those answers. I'm, I'm sure he is. Uh, and so, like, that, those are the things that I think he needs to uh, get better at. I do think the thing that we need to give him a break on is, is his age. He's not 21 yet, right? You know, he's not like an upperclassman yet. He was a redshirt freshman, basically a true freshman, 18, 19-year-old last year. I would believe that with an extra year of, you know, just sometimes having a birthday helps, right? Like, sure. so we talk about all this stuff that, that college guys can do to get better. Some of it's just growing up, and, and I think you know being a five-star guy, then going to Ohio State, and then coming to Texas. I think it was just such a whirlwind for him. He didn't really know where to fit in. I think now he knows how to kind of like raise the temperature of the room, and that's going to be a, a big determining factor of how good Texas can be. Because everywhere else, they look fine. Like on paper, there's not many places that you can go. Uh oh, that scares me. Uh, the only place that really does is like the intangible stuff, like. You know, Sark play calling and being in sync with with right. his guys and, and giving up second half leads and the quarterback getting to his third progression. It's all those kind of things. And I think that's a good place for this university to be in and a place that we haven't been able to talk about of being in a long time. Yeah, depth all over the place and uh, quality depth at that, and uh, we'll see it tomorrow. Uh, Mike Craven, he's my co-host on the Eyes on Texas multicast we do every week. Hopefully you can check that out. Also with Dave Campbell's Texas football. Last thing I want to ask you, Mike, is uh, you, know, you covered Alfred Collins because he's going to be a guy I watch tomorrow. Uh, we've heard Sark raving about Byron Murphy being unblockable and uh, some of the edge rushers that are coming, and uh, Devondre Sweat is back. I want to see Alfred Collins, and you saw him in high school, and you and I have talked about that on the EOT on the EOT pod that, you know, he was a basketball player and he's, you know, give me your thought on Alfred and what you'd be looking for now that he is expected to take that next big step like we saw Keandre Coburn and, uh, and more Ojimo make last year. I honestly have the same 
opinion on Alfred Collins now that I did when he was in high school, and that he has all the talent in the world. I mean, he, he's huge, he's fast, he's athletic, he's got great feet, he's a smart kid, he's a very nice guy. Uh, but on the football field, you got to turn it up sometimes. you just got to go and be a dominant factor. And he played at a high school where it was him and then nobody else. Like, Bastrop Cedar Creek is, is notoriously bad at football. And he just he – just, I don't know if he's ever developed that I'm just going to go just absolutely destroy that guy on the other side of me. I, I just don't know if that's ever been in him. And if he can find that – you know, you don't have to walk around every single second of the day being that guy. Uh, but on the football field, you got to find that. you got to be able to find that switch, and he just hasn't yet. And then until he does, he's going to struggle with consistency because you don't have that edge, and he needs, he needs to find that edge on the football field. And if he does, he's going to be an NFL football player. If he does, no he's going to be one of those guys that we just talk about not living up to their potential for the next 10 or 15 years. We're like, man, you remember Alfred Collins? Like, that guy could have been special. And so some of that's just up to him and not everybody has that in them. Like I don't have that in me, right? Like that's not why, that's why I'm not a great football player or anything like that. You know? So like, it's not a bad thing just as a football player in order to take that next step where everybody on the field is really good. You have to find that mentality to take you over the edge, and he just hasn't yet. Yeah, he had. He just doesn't seem like that guy that when a guy's halfway down, he just goes and he kicks him right in the nuts and says, <laughs> oh, I just kicked you in the nuts. Now you're really hurt. Right. I mean, he, he just doesn't seem to be that guy to me. On, You know what I mean? He, he just missed out on yeah, getting that. Maybe maybe tomorrow in the spring game, some guy gets nut kicked tomorrow, you know, by him. Oh, well, that was yeah, just man. an accident. Well, I know really. we talked about it, Mike, that he was more of a basketball player. His mom was a basketball player, and he just kept growing and getting bigger and bigger, and he kind of had to play football. And he's still you know, trying to break through that and become a, an aggressive, you know, dominating war daddy football player. Because he's a, he's a good football player right now, but he has the potential to be a great oh, football geez. player. Uh, but he's got to find that switch and that gear, and we'll see if he can do it. See if Bo Davis can bring it out of him. Mike, uh, let me ask you this. I, need to, I wanted to ask you this as you were talking about Sark and, and these relationships with these guys. What are your What are your thoughts about him? You know, when we talk about the players and we're talking about Quinn and and everyone, uh, is, is there this time now and coming up in this year where the players are going to have to believe in their coach, getting them out of some of these jams? You know, with three minutes to go in a game, losing leads, coach. You what do you What is it that you're going to do that we're going to trust in now too? Doesn't it have to be a two way street at times? I mean, Sark says the players are starting to look like I want them to look. They look like the team I've been looking for. Do you do you have that feel or that sense, or is it still early to tell whether they? I guess it'll you'll be able to tell when the real games start that they believe in him now to the fact that he's going to make the right decisions with a couple minutes left in the game, or he's not going to blow. He's going to call the right plays and push the right buttons. I mean, I, I think that's the biggest unknown of of the Texas football program is like what are they when the last two three minutes of the game is going on? You need that drive. You mm-hmm. need that stop. Like, who are they going to be in those moments? Because they're going to be better than eight, nine, ten of the people that they play on their schedule. But there's going to be two, three, four games where they're going to have to come up with like some maturity. And that's not even just on the field. That's in the headsets too, right? Like You have to right. have maturity. And I, I think that's one of the things that if we look at Sark's career, that's probably been the one knock on him. He's an offensive genius. He's, he's a great coach. Uh, but there's times where off the field he's shown a lack of maturity. I think there's times on the field he's shown a lack of maturity, like the Alamo Bowl thing, the entrance and stuff like that. And so, you know, he needs to be better at that stuff too. Uh, but what I've been uh, impressed by this spring is how confidently he's been talking about this football program. He doesn't seem to be hiding from the fact that, hey, this is my roster and we can go be pretty good this year. You right. know, and a lot of coaches I think would downplay that. Sure, he's leaning into that. I think to uh, pump up his team as much as anything to like let his team know. Like, hey, we're good. We don't have any excuses. This is a year where we do not have any excuses. I think that's a good thing from him. I enjoyed his conversation on that Pivot podcast. I thought that was all really good to hear, him kind of talking about uh, his past and some of those problems in the olive branches and how that allows him to kind of relate to players um, that are going through some adversity too. I think that's important to see as your coach because, as you know, you can't be hard on these guys unless you love on them too. It seems like he's a lot more comfortable with that. These are more guys that he's brought in that he likes and that he feels good about. And I think that's going to help, too. I don't know how confident he was in a lot of the players on the roster when he first got here. Yeah. Uh, it feels like he's a guy who's a lot more confident in those players, and maybe that uh, is, is seen in the play calling. Yeah, two-way street, yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. it's got to be mutual for sure. All right, Mike, a little extended visit right there. Appreciate it, my friend. We'll look forward Thank to you, seeing Mike. you in the spring game. We'll talk again next week, and you and I will record another edition of the Eyes on Texas multicast. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Mike. Talk to you all later. There's Mike Craven.
Dave Campbell's Texas football, uh, doing great stuff right there, good intel. Somebody asked about no Texas Tech. Mike's been out to Lubbock, but it's been a bit, and we'll get Mike back and talk about Texas Tech and A&M after he visits those campuses and gets his thoughts, because that's uh, what it's about, uh, the spring, and not just for Texas, but for the Longhorns' opponents in 20 and 23. I know there's a lot of confidence in Joey McGuire out there in Lubbock. So we'll pick this up on the other side. We're late to the break. We'll also have a Craig Way report, salacious gossip, your blitz before the end of the hour. It's a busy, busy Friday on B&E. It's Bucky and Aaron. Appreciate Mike Craven. Uh, good conversation, extended conversation. That'll make this a shorter segment ahead of the Craig Way Report. But uh, good content with Mike. That's why I love doing the uh, Eyes on Texas multicast with him. Part of that Dave Campbell's Texas Football Podcast Network. Also here on The Horn. We always post that up for you on uh, our YouTube page here at The Horn. Also on the Dave Campbell's YouTube page. You can listen to it on iTunes and Spotify as well. Always good content. Thank you to Mike. Appreciate him. Uh, coming up for the top of the hour, salacious gossip ahead of your blitz. It's a Friday blitz, so it could get rowdy ahead of the spring game. i uh, got a new piece of news on Pete Davidson that you need to know, Buck, and Ty needs to know. Pete Davidson, you know him, Saturday Night Live? Yeah, I'm not really in tune with that, do I? Could, what is he doing now? Uh, we'll do that in gossip coming up. But if, if you, you know, there's a rumor about him. There's a rumor about him. And if you have that rumor... Well, we'll pick that up coming up. Also talking NFL draft in two weeks, the busy weekend on tap. Uh, also, Buck, we were talking about uh, the, the, la- the, the they've teed off, the first round is in the books, and they're back underway in round two of the, uh, the event at Harbortown, the RBC Heritage on the PGA Tour following up the Masters, and that Rory McIlroy uh, withdrew from the tournament after he didn't make the cut in Augusta. He's got something going on. He withdrew from the tournament, which the PGA Tour warned these guys, if you sign up to play in these events that we're going to, you know, raise the raise the purse and make featured events. We need you to be there. So he's going to get docked three million bucks of a twelve million dollar check he's already collected. So Rory getting docked three million. But uh, you know, we talk about golf buck and and it's it's competition with Live and how the Live Tour they performed well at the Masters, but they're not getting any TV ratings. No one's watching them. No one's paying attention to what they do. The opposite is true on the PGA Tour. You know, there's six designated events. Viewership is up across the board with this new look uh, PGA Tour. Golf Channel's up 15%. They're up on NBC and CBS. And the final round of the Masters was up 19% wow. on Saturday. But still you have guys cheating and Brooksy. playing slow. Yeah, Patrick Cantlay's. That's, we got to figure him out. But, yeah, so golf is, uh, is in the mindset. But it, the live guys still have not caught any – and people will talk about that. Here's what I don't get about, you know, well, it's on the CW. Nobody knows where the CW is. Who, every television has a viewer's guide. All you have to do is push guide, and it's going to tell you. Who cares if you don't know what the Isn't channel is? Isn't the CW like local programming most of the time? Not, well, sure, but it's right there. It's it, you got channel 3642, and the CW is the next channel. It's not like it's buried somewhere, and it's hard to find. you got to get it on a streaming service somewhere. Uh, it's right there. And so, again. If people wanted to find it, it's not that hard to find, and that's uh, that would be my my thought on the, the, the. There's just not interest in that format. No, not I'm yet. I'm not interested in team. Yeah. I, I, that's why. That's why I have the Riders Cup. That's what. That's what I like. I don't want to watch this every week, guys well, playing on teams. Well, wait till we get back to the Ryder Cup, right? And you've got to cross. That'll get real tours and. You know that's what the that's what a lot of these lawsuits are about right now with the live golfers. They still want their their performance in the live tour to help them with points to to qualify for the Ryder Cup. Yeah, and there's a lot of them saying, no, you're not even going to play in a Ryder Right. Yeah. Well, that's that was the threat. That Well, if you jump to that tour and take the, the bag of money, then, you know. Bag oh, of oh, dimes. You know, in the short term, you'll still be able to play in some of these, you know, in the, ma- in the majors, but you'll lose your exemptions over time, and you won't be able to play, be part of the Ryder Cup team. And this is what, you know, golf has always been built on. You, you, you win enough tournaments, you play well enough in the world rankings to then make a Ryder Cup team, be in contention in majors, obviously win week-to-week PGA Tour events, and that gives you you know the status that you need to play and be a Ryder Cup player. Because, of course, there are, what, eight automatic qualifies for each Ryder Cup team, and then the the, the captain gets choice. to pick four at-large players. So, yeah, those are all – that's the, that's what this is the – there's a lot of politics involved in this whole split tour thing. But in the end, the, the viewership for golf is way up so far here in 2023. So that's a good thing for the overall or they, game. You know what they have on more than, than I have ever noticed is fact they have a lot of college golf yeah. on. Yeah, well, Golf Channel – They've done a good job. That. Yeah, they've done a good. They've done a great job. Golf it's really channel, all golf channel. Golf. That's what you know, and that should be the golf channel's objective is to promote golf. Or do they ever? As much as possible, and uh, I think they do that, which is 
which is pretty cool. All right, some text coming in on our conversation with Mike Craven that says, uh, Mighty Red Raiders will win the Big 12. Book it. Book it, Buck. It all goes through Lubbock. They're believing in the mayor, Joey McGuire, out there in Lubbock's. Well, you had a really fantastic first year. It says, uh, isn't the Pac-12 negotiating with the CW? That I've heard that. <laughs> that yes, this is where the Pac-12 is. The Pac-12 is about to wow. implode. We know that. I, I still am hearing a lot of confidence that Colorado and Arizona uh, will be joining the Big 12 at some point. Um, uh, and, you know, it will further cripple the the Pac-12. Because the Pac-12, their their commissioner, George Klyavkov, has not been able to put anything in front of the league, the team presidents, the school presidents, that anything that resembles a media rights deal that they want to sign. Uh, it is weak. And, you know, it's and this is all driven by revenue from television and now streaming. And, yes, there is a report out there that they were You know what I forgot e, to ask you about is the you, you were talking the other day. I don't know if you told us about, what is it, uh, YouTube and the package, the NFL package. Oh, yeah. You did, I don't know if we ever got to. Did, we, how we, much is that going to cost? I mean, is that going to cost about 50 me? bucks more than last time. Than, that's than, it? Than previous years, yeah. They're going up about 50 bucks, and it, it, it's different. Well, here's the thing on that that's important. If you're already a YouTube subscriber, which, which Ty is and you are, then yes. it's it's a lower rate. It's like 350 bucks for the season. And if you get if you order it before June sixth, I think you get a hundred bucks off that. What the hell was it on the other one? The, well, about three hundred bucks. It was about the same. Okay, yeah, about three hundred bucks for the year. And if you want to add the red zone, if you com- if you couple them, it goes up again. But if you're not a you, you can also order it if you're not a YouTube subscriber. You just have to pay extra. Uh, you got to pay an extra hundred bucks essentially across the board. It's going to cost you like four bills if you don't have YouTube. Yeah, about four fifty. Wow. And that's for the entirety of the season. So obviously you could split that up over the you know four or five months of the football season. Well, really, when it's Directv, it's it's September through December that you get all the games and all the markets. But uh, yeah, that's the that's the new the new deal. And this is why you know going up in this and what YouTube is in, Apple TV coming in to stream the Thursday games, all the additional revenue that's coming in. That's why the next you know the next TV deal or the next uh, collective bargaining agreement. The silo cap's going to explode. I mean, it's going to just. I mean, they've got a new CBA, but when they when the, the new money hits the books, because remember the NFL players and the and the teams split fifty fifty all revenue. So as revenues rise, the split of the fifty fifty goes up, mm-hmm. and that raises the salary cap. The salary cap is all based on total revenue, so there, there's an expectation of a, a a very big increase coming in the salary cap. But yes, you're going to have to pay for it. You're already YouTube. You should be good. Except for that extra three bills, if I want it all. Well, you were paying that anyhow if you had it. That was already being paid. But with DirecTV, and I, I don't know if this will be the case with YouTube, you could spread out the, the NFL Direct ticket payments over the course of your whole year. That's right. Right, so the money it just added over the 12 bills. You, that bill that bill is just a little bit... Like, I would get a little note every, every year that says, do you want to re-up, and they'll start including it on the bill. I'm or you like, can just pay for it with one... Good one lump sum, one, one good, good week. Look, look at him, one yeah. good go weekend. Pre- preseason week four. Come on, there. baby. Get you, you go. Three now. I didn't get that tax break like you got. I got a hit hard. This guy says, I think I'll keep bootlegging my China cable, 40 oh. bucks a year. Where do you get the China cable? What the hell is that? Is that my friend Juan? Yeah, where, who, where is this guy? <laughs> is that Juan? Is that Juan doing work? that? I got a buddy Juan that, that uh, has Does promised work? me magic. Really? Yes. I got to go buy this card or something. Dude, and then at one time magic. I had that card. That little that little card that used to be out. I had that card. Well, you can buy, you can buy the card at like Target. You can buy the tar- the card, but then oh, I had a friend you have, who to, you, it up. you have to know how to the programming number to be able to unlock it. But apparently Juan has the number. So is this like know. a Directv vigilante employee? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> out I don't to get know. Him. Uh, we'll come back. Salacious gossip and load up a Friday blitz. It's B and E on the horn. It's time for the Craig Way Sports Report. Now, here's Craig Way. The area's two Division I collegiate athletic programs have busy weekends on tap. In softball, Texas State is at first place Louisiana this weekend in Sunbelt Conference play, while Texas will host Kansas at McCombs Field tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. You can hear all three games on 105.3 The Bat. In baseball, Texas State hosts Marshall, while Texas travels to Waco today to open a three-game weekend series at Baylor tonight. You can hear that one on the horn, 104.9 FM. And tomorrow afternoon, it's the end of spring football practice for the long Longhorns with the annual orange-white spring game on the UT campus. So much talk among fans and media about Texas quarterbacks Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy, and Arch Manning making big plays. But head coach Steve Sarkeesian says it's more about avoiding the big mistakes. One of the things I, I assess a lot is 
can they can they not make a bad play worse? And when we use the adage, don't turn a fender bender into fatalities. Bad things happen in football. Guys miss blocks. Uh, guys run the wrong routes. Um, we don't. You know, th- that's going to happen. It's okay to throw the ball away. They might they might know a screen is coming. Throw the ball away. Not throwing it to a defensive lineman because those can be catastrophic errors. And the the guys that can do that. That's a positive sign because those are winning plays as well. It's as important as it is to throw that post route for a touchdown. It's equally as important not to force a ball into coverage when you're backed up and all of a sudden you throw a pick six. You'll be able to hear tomorrow's spring game on the horn with coverage beginning at 11 a.m. and the kickoff at 1 o'clock. And coming this afternoon, Coach Sark discusses what will comprise the spring game. That's in our next report. I'm Craig Way. The Craig Way Sports Report. Like sports, business is about winning. Championship decisions are business decisions based on what it takes to help your company win. And that's why there's UBO Business Services, specializing in helping you win every day by streamlining workflow and allowing you to better communicate within your organization and with your customers. Make your championship decision with UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Great people, great Great service, endless possibilities. Put your green thumb to work this spring with Callahan's General Store for all of your garden needs. The wide variety of tomatoes, peppers, and other plants from Callahan's, adding raised garden beds is a great way to maximize your garden space. And Callahan's General Store can help you do it. They have everything you need to get started, including all the tips and hints you'll need from the experts along the way. Get your hands dirty and watch your gardens grow with Callahan's General Store, still there at 501 Bastrop Highway between downtown and the airport. Remember, make it a Callahan's day. If you have joint pain and they're telling you surgery is your best option, please stop what you're doing and call QC Kinetics. Hey, it's Aaron Hogan, and that is absolutely what you should do. The folks at QC Kinetics use the latest and most advanced regenerative treatments to bring you lasting pain relief the natural way. Regenerative medicine harnesses your body's own healing agents to restore and repair damaged tissue in your knees, your hips, your shoulders, and your back. The precision treatments are done in the office with no drugs and no downtime. And QC Kinetics has hundreds of clients all over America from thousands of satisfied patients. If your joints are aching from arthritis or injury, look beyond the steroids and the surgeries and discover the amazing possibilities with regenerative medicine. Especially this time of year when the weather has turned, you need to be living your life to the fullest and doing all the things you love to do. If you can get relief and avoid going under the knife, doesn't it make sense to at least check it out? So do it today. Call QC Kinetics now for a free consultation. Just a free sit down at 512-593-4303. 512-593-4303. They have a location in Austin and in Round Rock. It's QC Kinetics. It's the perfect time to transform your home or business with fresh new color. The team at Serta Pro Painters of Greater Austin handles every detail, worry-free, from start to finish. Serta Pro Painters is the painting service you can rely on here in Austin, whether painting inside or out. John Bennell and his team are ready to protect and beautify your space with a fresh coat of paint. Go with the pros at Serta Pro Painters of Austin. Get your painting project started today at certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. Craig Wade, you've heard me talking about divided sky roofing and solar and how we all know they do great roofs, but they're also certified electrical contractors and can install a backup battery or a generator. No one wants to be without power for a few hours or even days like so many Austinites have experienced recently. Divided Sky can help you be prepared for any short or long-term power outage by installing a backup battery or a Generac generator. Backup batteries come with a 30% federal tax credit. Give them a call at 512-995-ROOF, TEC license number 37397. Most in the greater Austin area know that it's quite stressful trying to maintain a quality lawn. The answer is to hire the best local lawn care company, us. This is Terry with Weedman Lawn Care of Austin. Our turf management, PhD, trains outstanding techs and buys only the best of products. We make your yard greener, thicker, more kid-friendly. Strive to be weed-free and do so with an environmentally sound approach to lawn care. Suzanne M. of Hutto says, Our family has been very happy with the Weedman. Had lots of weeds, not anymore. I love these guys. Very helpful and great. Thanks, Suzanne. Go to WeedManUSA.com today for a free quote and see how we'll relieve your lawn care stress. Weedman is recommended by landscapers, golf course superintendents, and people like Valerie Kay of Leander. This is Valerie, and I just called to say I love you. You do a great job, and everyone I come in contact with is so nice and helpful. That's quite a compliment. Go to WeedManUSA.com for a free quote. Lawn care companies are not all alike. Go to WeedManUSA.com today. 
it's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you. Cheers to savings. Hey, it's Bucky. There was a time when my back seriously needed a lot of relief. Then I found Relax the Back with a holistic approach for a healthier lifestyle. Their motto, live wellness. And right now through April 24th, save yourself 20% on all human scale ergonomic office chairs and desks. Get 48 months, 0% interest financing and up to $1,000 off select full body massage chairs through April 30th. Live pain-free with Relax the Back. In BK's at the Hill Country Galleria across from the Whole Foods and in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across Across from the container store. The Horns text line is brought to you by Specs, a Texas sized selection of wines, spirits, finer foods, and specialty beers. Cheers to savings. Where you get that from? Did someone tell you that? Did someone tell you that? Because I ain't for no games, okay? No games, just gossip brought to you by the Frosty Cold Icy Bud Lights. Uh, great opportunity tomorrow, tailgate with uh, Texas and the te- Orange White scrimmage. Brought to you by the Texas One Fund, and uh, we'll be down there at 11 a.m. So come on out, bring your coldies, and uh, have some fun. Get ready for the game. It's free entry. Get an autograph session with the team at 9. Uh, live music before and after on the Longhorn City Limits stage. And the weather looks tremendous. So lock it in. By the way, uh, Ty, you said you looked up the tickets to the two-stepping fest up there in Georgetown that features Zach Bryan and uh, Tyler Childers and Midwet Midland. And uh, you said the ticket price is... It's good, big. It's they're expensive. I don't know if that's good, but it's <laughs> well, a for, great lineup. Yeah, for that lineup, it might be worth it though. Yeah, I mean, it is a great lineup. What'd you say, like 170 a day? Yeah. Ooh, you need to do some gambling. I mean, I might make it up. Might may, might might make it up there on Sunday. We'll see. Yeah, I'll see what I can do. Maybe on how you. tonight goes. See if I can help you out. That is a C3 event, I believe. Booked event up mm-hmm. there. The two step and fest in Georgetown. Uh, load up the blitz. Four four seven three seven seven six. Uh, all right, Buck. So, you know, the, you, this guy Pete Davidson, you know him on Saturday Night Live, Ty, right? He's you know funny guy, butthole eyes. Now he's he's got this list of girlfriends, right? That that is pretty legendary. Uh, Pete Davidson has, gosh, uh, he, he's got Ariana Grande. He dated Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, he's much older than him. Got the magic wand. Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian, and the yeah. list goes on. Which has led a lot of people to assume that yes, he's got the he's, he's got, got the, Tristan's he's deal. Got the uh, the magic stick. Yeah, um, he's working the magic stick. Yeah, and that's why I said earlier, if you're Pete Davidson, why would you want to disprove this rumor? But Pete Davidson, uh, in an interview on a podcast, busted his own myth yesterday. He said, "I just don't understand that. There's really nothing that special about it. It's just a normal size." He's not tripoding, you know. It is, it is. It is what I mean, it is. It might be normal. He's like 6'5", though. Normal oh, Normal yeah. can be different. <laughs> yeah. Normal is different five? from different oh, people. Oh, he's tall. Yeah. Whenever I would see Pete Davidson on Saturday Live, he'd always reminded me of our former colleague, Brad Kellner. And just, he's wiry, and he's funny, and he's his facial. He's weird. He's much weirder than Brad. Like all the tattoos, and, and he's out there. But, uh... I mean, yeah. is he funny? I don't. I mean, I don't follow. I mean, is he funny? Is he witty? What is he? Ties, what is he doing ties, ties besides working the tripod? He was probably the only funny person on SNL. But he's he's like a hateable funny. Like you, yeah. you hate him, but it's he's funny. an irritant sometimes. And he, of uh, King of Staten Island. He was in that movie that came out like two years ago with Bill Burr. It was about his dad, who was a firefighter, died during nine eleven. Mm. It's a pretty good story. Uh, that movie is really good. If no one's, if you haven't checked the, that what's out, what's it called? Uh, King of Staten Island. King of Staten Island. Him and Bill Burr. Can I say one thing without spoiling? So he can act. Can I say okay. now that it's a weekend, the, this week's episode of Succession, which I said there was so go. great. Have you seen it yet, Ty? Watched it yesterday. Yep. Pretty incredible, right? Yeah. Uh, no spoiler, but you realize they went to such lengths. They were running trailers for the upcoming season that were completely fake. Not to give away what Where'd happened. What you give it away? No, I didn't give it away. You have to go watch it. But I'm just saying that's to the extent that the producers went to because when the when the episode was over this week, there was a whole new run of trailer uh, teasers for the rest of the year. 
They what they, they created completely fake tra- uh, trailers to preview season three uh, or four that didn't even exist. There, it wasn't even going to happen. Which is to, to keep it, you know, the, that episode in the future. Pretty well done. Pretty well done by the uh, the uh, producers there at Succession, I have to say. And if you're Pete Davidson, why would you want to squash that rumor? You just let that fly, don't you? Just let that run. Yeah, run with that one. Yeah. It's insider information. <laughs> right. Like, get the girls talking about it. Is it really? Well, they, no, they just want to find out for themselves. That's, That's the exactly deal. right. That's why he doesn't want to say anything. Well, he didn't say it. Yeah. Why would he say that? That's what I'm saying. I mean, curiosity killed the cat. I may not like the guy that much, but, hmm, I'm a little curious. Is it true? Is it <laughs> Oh, is it true? Let's go to the Blitz. The Bucky and E Blitz. The Morning Blitz brought to you by Apple Leasing, where you only have to pay for the new half of the car or truck, the half under factory warranty, and any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and see how easy it is. Here we go. First Blitzer, you're up. Hey, Coach Star, a mere puppy dog scratching on the back door wanting to rule the backyard. Bucky, where was E when we were spreading sugar on Kyle Field? My goodness. I was remember uh, the Alamo. I remember that game. There you go. I was at KB twenty four doing an internship at the the, the T V station on that game. Next blitzer talk to us. I got this little Angel Reese. She is a marketing genius. An absolute marketing genius. Thank you there, Sal. Have a great weekend, buddy. Next blitzer, you're up. Coach. Yes, sir. Two things for you. I don't care what Pound the ball, blitz caller says. We want to see Quinn throw them bombs. And second thing, is it true that E reported the reason why the Mavs tanked that last game was so that Lumpy Luca wouldn't miss the buffet hours? <laughs> I didn't report that. Lumpy they did take the game, though. Wow. Next blitzer, you're up. Around here, it's no myth. I lay the law down. This is Sheriff Duncan. Wow. Next blitzer. Duncan. Next Blitzer, you're up. Thanks, Sheriff. Yeah, y'all talking about all the different ways to watch football and all that. They're pricing me the hell out of major sports. I can't afford it. i got to choose football, baseball, hockey. Can't watch them all. Can't afford it. Got to get that China cable. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> told us about <laughs> Wow. Juan. Next Blitzer, you're up. The Jim Rome show has two rules. Have a take and don't suck. And yesterday, Sal violated both of those rules. Wow! Oh, no! Let's go! Wow! Now, somebody on this Pete Davidson thing says, during his stand-up routine, Pete says that Ariana Grande started the rumor when they broke up so that his future girlfriends would get their hopes up and then be disappointed. Oh, reverse. (laughs) The reverse psychology of it. Okay, here we go. Our, uh, our texture named Clever Name says he's being modest, which is a great way to get people interested. I do the same thing. That's true. I do the same there thing. There you go. <laughs> people. Hey, final hour is coming here on a Friday. Uh, we may have a very fun guest coming up. We're, we're hoping. I'm waiting on a, on a text message to uh, confirm. I'll let you know what that is coming up. It would be a, a good talk about basketball, Texas basketball, and uh, potentially some NBA playoffs. So we'll hit that coming up uh, on the other side of a quick timeout.